ladies, what's going on? Welcome back to another ESL podcast. I'm your host, Arsenio, as usual, bringing to you today, uh, episode number 61. Guys, we're going to be going over smart reading. What is smart reading? I thought this is a very, very important aspect that I really wanted to cover for you guys. See, guys, smart reading, you first have to ask yourself, do you question what you're reading? Do you look for answers to your questions? Do you make notes on important points and ideas, you know, or tr- or ideas that trigger different things and basically everything in general, the assumptions of a writer, the logic, the arguments, the validity of a conclusion. See, guys, whether you are reading academic texts or if you're reading something that helps you, how do you read smartly? Now, for those people who read novels... They have to go through an entire novel paragraph by paragraph. They cannot skip a beat because if they skip a beat, they might end up missing out on a very, very important fact that will jeopardize the entire novel. However, if you're reading personal development books, it's far easier. So, for instance, for me, for, uh, when I read Gary V, what I would do, I would skip over parts that where he talked about other people. All right, so he has like little inquiries in his book where, you know, we brought on people and interviewed guests such as Pat Flynn, and he wrote a little section about them and how they were able to, quote unquote, crush it. But I wasn't interested in, of course, how other people are crushing it. I was interested in how he could have conveyed the idea on me, so how I can crush it ultimately. So, this is just like in Napoleon Hill's books. Stephen Covey's books, they always put different information, key information about their personal lives into it, such as what I do in my blog and my podcasts on my personal development, right? However, I do not read that. I read either the very, very beginning of what they said in that specific uh, chapter or the very end, or I go into, hey, you know what, how to jump, you know, jumpstart this and kick this, you know, kickstart it and implement this into your life so i'm i read smartly because of course time is money and money is well i'm sorry well time is everything right now and i try limiting the amount of things now again there are things that i get from these specific stories such as what i have gotten from dale carnegie's how to stop worrying and start living stories some of those stories i i created maps and i created visual context within my mind so that, you know, uh, they were talking about, he talked about depth charges, and there's this guy that said, you know what, if I could get out of this, this right here, you know, from these, the, of course, the Japanese people during World War II, they would drop these depth charges into the water, and, you know, after about probably 20, 30, 40, 50 meters, they would explode, trying to kill the people that are beneath them, right? So I remember that very vividly. Why? Because there was a movie called U-571 that, had that specific scene, whereas, you know, they were very, very deep, almost close to the ocean floor, trying to escape these depth charges. Um, There were other times where this lady, during Christmas, she slept on a bench in a, a church, and there were two homeless kids that approached her. See, I remember all of this because I constructed visual imagery within my mind. Now, that is fantastic because that made me realize how grateful I am for my life. But there are things... Of course, going into academic texts where you're trying to look for the answer as fast as possible. Now, SAT, ACT, those are a bit different. But when it comes to 
reading actively in IELTS, you have to look for the answer and you have to look for keywords very, very quickly. So what we're going to do, there is an extra segment of this again on my uh, Patreon, so make sure you tune into that. But I'm going to read this out loud with my pronunciation and everything. You guys can practice this at home and read it out loud too. Record yourself, send it over, or record record yourself be- before even this. Stop this podcast, go to my blog, read it out loud, come back, listen to it, reread it, look at the differences. All right? Listen to my thought groups. Listen to my intonation. Listen to everything. This is a nice little text about wildfires in America. And you know what? This is going to be very, very useful for a lot of you out there. So with that being said, guys, I want you to listen closely. Jot down any information you need. And then, again, just as I said, record yourself reading this out loud first. Then come back. Listen to me. Do it again. Compare it. Alright, so with that being said, I'm going to kick this off right now. So, how is it that if you drop a cigarette in a wet forest, it starts a fire by accident? But when you're camping and trying to set a fire on purpose with dry wood and plenty of matches, you can't do it. Personal fire-making skills aside, the causes of wildfires, defined as large, rapidly spreading fires, especially in rural areas are worth understanding. If we know what causes fires, we can work to prepare for them and hopefully prevent them. Wildfires are both destructive and costly, and they're getting worse. Over the past few years, the number of wildfires has increased around the world, especially in countries with large forests such as Russia and Canada. One country in particular that is facing wildfires fire problems is the USA. In fact, every state in the western United States has seen an increase in the number of wildfires. They occur up to five times more than 10 to 20 years ago. The fires burn for longer, too, and last nearly five times as long and cover six times as much land. In 2015, more than 10 million acres of land burned. An acre or an area about the size of the entire country of Switzerland. The amount of money spent to put out these fires is climbing to $2 billion a year. So what's causing this? Fires have to be started by a trigger. That is, something that begins a fire. This can be by humans, either on purpose or by accident, or something natural, such as by lightning. But events like these have always happened. Why are they leaning to more fires now, is the question. The main answer, in the text of course, is global warming. A gradual heating of the planet. This affects forests in several ways. First of all, a warmer climate means a drier climate because more water evaporates. Snow in mountain areas melts earlier. So the ground is drier for a longer period of time. Together, these factors increase the risk of a chance. Spark growing into a wildfire. Furthermore, when fires start, because the ground is drier, they burn hotter. They spread faster and last longer. And they're more difficult to contain or extinguish. 
Wildfires in large forests can burn for several months. Climate change affects fires in other ways, too. When the balance of nature in a forest changes, trees become weak or sick. Insects and other animals damage the weakened trees, which can die, and dead trees become a fuel source for fires. Lightning strikes the earth more than 100,000 times a day, and 10 to 20% of these events are capable of starting a fire. It's clear that steps need to be taken to reduce this risk. However, about 90% of all wildfires are started by humans. In theory, it should be easier to reduce this number than the number of lightning strikes. Let's take a closer look at some of these causes. The fifth most common cause of wildfires started by humans is backyard burning. Fires that people set to burn garden waste or trash. These fires may be set following local laws, but then grow too large, are spread by wind, or are not put out correctly. Local laws need to be clarified and properly enforced to reduce risky behavior. The fourth most common cause is sparks from the equipment such as cars, trucks, or family machinery. Proper maintenance is essential to stop machines from starting a fire. Cigarettes are the third leading cause of wildfires. Education campaigns that teach fire safety are a good way to address this problem. Second is unsupervised activities, such as children playing with matches or people setting off fireworks. Education is important, but not sufficient in the case of young children. They need to be supervised at all times by parents or other adults and kept away from fuel and things that start fires. And the first cause, the main cause of human-caused wildfires is campfires that are either not in a safe area, get out of control, or aren't put out properly. Campers and outdoor enthusiasts need to learn where and when it is safe to build a campfire and how to make sure the fire is completely out before they leave the area. Is it true that some fires in wilderness areas can have beneficial effects too, such as helping new trees and plants to grow? However, because recent fires burn hotter and longer, these effects don't always occur. Instead, we lose land, animal and plant life, and a lot of money. As the earth grows warmer... We need to work harder to protect forests from wildfires. So, guys, that is the end of the text. (sighs) I hope you guys listen to this. Listen to my intonation. Yes, I kind of sounded country at the end for whatever reason that was. But if you guys actually listen to my intonation and the thought groups that I placed in between the commas, that's what you need to do. Don't always read as quick as you can straight through. No, it is better to be easily understood than reading too quickly and not being understood whatsoever so guys you have a lot of practice and i'll be waiting for your voice messages of course on either the facebook page arsenio's english and test preparation learning or my instagram the arsenio buck show i will be waiting for your recording so guys with that being said thank you so much for tuning in to another esl podcast the additional task is on patreon if you guys want to answer some of those questions and up your smart reading so 
Guys, stay tuned for another one. I'm your host, as always, over and out.